Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with boys and girls and welcome where I'm here to tell you the magical story about teenagers with attitude. My name is Mike and here to join me on this wonderful marvelous adventure are my good friends. First let's meet Matt. I didn't sign up for fucking Power Rangers ASMR. Oh you shouldn't say words like that in front of the children. Also joining us is our friend Emily. Hello, and welcome, children, to Teenagers of Attitude today. Oh, thank you, Emily. It's good, so good to have you here to help us tell this story. And also joining us once again is our friend Greg. Hey, I'm Greg! I'm the <laughs> wacky puppet character! Let me, let me get those snickerdoodles! Hey! <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> also not joining us are Zach, Joel, Simone, and Luke, because... I ate him! <laughs> didn't we specifically... Didn't we specifically, like, switch to this goddamn time spot so more people could make it, and now fewer people are making it? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that was the idea, yeah. as I recall. Mm-hmm. I don't know what y'all would have done if I hadn't, hadn't been made a permanent cast member. <laughs> Uh, at this point, like, you're actually being considered. Congratulations. You're working your way up <laughs> You're showing up more reliably than, than most of the real crew. So, uh, anywho, we're actually here to talk about Storybook Rangers Part 2, which is why I was doing that horse shit. Uh, welcome, this it. is Teenagers with Attitude, a, a podcast where we watch Power Rangers, and if you didn't know that, I'd be surprised you somehow found this particular episode first. <laughs> yeah, and I, as I like to call this episode, uh, too many people are using your account right now to watch Mighty Morphin Power Rangers upgrade your plan or stop playing on one of these screens. Oh. 
Yeah, oh boy, that's okay. my fa- that's my favorite. It's my favorite Power Rangers episode because <laughs> I don't. Did you watch have- the the episode already? Yes, I did. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> so yes. at least there's that. Yes, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> I actually typically watch the episodes before we go to record. It's amazing how that works out. I think most of us yeah. do, don't we? I mean, be like last week, Joel didn't, but and Luke doesn't do it a lot. But I think I think most <laughs> of us do. <laughs> I I, th- I think I think you'd be surprised. Speaking of being surprised, uh, not doing a talk about things this week. Instead, I'm <gasps> bringing back an old segment. You <gasps> know it. You love it. I'm bringing back board game night. Board game night time. Yay! All right. <laughs> I don't think I've watched any of the episodes with board game nights. So. I don't think I have either. We've done it exactly <laughs> once, and it was supposed to just be a one-time joke, but I'm bringing it back anyway. So uh, the reason I'm bringing back board game night is uh, in the near future, uh, there is a board game coming out from, uh, oh, geez, what the heck is their name? ELO, I think is their name. It's not a band. No, it's it, they're they're a board game publisher. Yellow. They're mostly known for uh, King of Tokyo, and they're releasing a game, oh, I like the game. Uh, in the next few days called uh, Sentai Cats. Um. And uh, yeah, and it is a very blatant like Sentai slash Power Rangers homage. Like basically the whole trick, like like the the plot of it is that you are a bunch of cats and you're like. Oh shit! The catnip factory is being destroyed by Mecha Dog, and um, Mecha Dog looks like this. I'm just gonna paste it into the Skype chat, and you all just take a look at this and see what you think they're going for there. I really hope I open this and it isn't some sort of horrible racist caricature. That would be really. Oh my god! Oh yeah. my god! Like the- no, it's oh not. God. Thankfully, it does. It's literally like just a dog in a Goldar costume. This is, yes. uh, this is this this sounds like a very good game that I want to play immediately. Yeah, and this is uh, this here I'm linking is the supposed to be what the box is going to look like. Like it is, it is literally just a send up of Power Rangers. And again, like I said, these are the folks who cats! made King of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, these are the folks who made King of Tokyo, so they have some familiarity with like making board games based on vague Japanese pop culture and also really, really skirting copyright law. I was about I to say, um, how litigious is Saban typically? Uh, pretty damn litigious. Toei okay. too. Okay, because that Goldar costume... I'm wondering if the reason this is going off, like, it, like they haven't run into anything so far is because, like, maybe just because no one knows this is happening. I yeah, love their little cat snouts on their helmets. They're so cute. <laughs> I need so this game the, in my life. <laughs> so that's the that's the closest thing I have to Power Rangers news right now. So you're welcome. Um, uh, no, anywho, it's good news. Yeah, I, so I, Greg, I can't wait to play this on board games tonight. Greg, you uh, you had something you wanted to talk about going into this week, huh? Well, yeah, going into this episode because um, this is the uh, last uh, writing credit for uh, Cheryl Saban, who is uh, uh, Haim Saban's wife and. Uh, co-worker and all that stuff. And I thought it'd be nice if, like, it kind of, because I got some thoughts on this episode, and I think it'd be nice to have a little context on those thoughts. Uh, sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know what you guys have talked about already, uh, but she's had a really fascinating career. Uh, she was a, 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 a disco singer in the 70s under the name of Flower. Hmm. Oh. Cool. Okay. 
She appeared in Playboy in 1979. Oh. Oh, okay. Sure. I think, like, Matt was joking about nudes earlier. It's like, no, those those exist. You can oh, find them. Int- hmm. Okay. Wait, was I joking about nudes earlier? I don't recall that. Well, I just assume you're well, always it- talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was about okay, to say, in fairness, know, fair. in fairness, Greg's kind of going through our earlier episodes, and we've long forgotten that stuff. So oh, who yeah, knows? no, I forget episodes the instant I'm done recording them. Like, and that really does sound like something I'd say. So I was going to take your word for it. I just don't. I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and uh, most recently, uh, she does. She's apparently uh, uh, gone. Went to college, got a degree, and became a psychologist. And she's re- released like a lot of self help books. She's uh, released like some women empowerment books, and it's uh, pretty cool. What's relevant to this episode is she also did a bunch of children's books uh, right around the time this was coming out, which is you know relevant to this storybook Rangers plot. Okay, so like well. What kinds of kids' books do you like? Do they know the name of any of them? Yeah, I've got some of the tiles here. They're all part of a series. It's like Griffin's Day at the Zoo, Griffin's Busy Day, Griffin's Shopping Trip, Griffin's Play Group, which is like, well, first off, apparently she really likes to write for the youngest McElroy brother. And <laughs> <laughs> how's it spelled? Like, uh, G R I F F I N. Okay. So she has like a recurring character that she writes about. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be a, a storybook about like a little griffin, like the mythological creature, like going around and like doing stuff, but it's probably just a name. Yeah, I don't think so. It's um, it's just uh, just a little kid named Griffin. That's too bad. So I, I it's just curious because I'm wondering like how much of like this experience for her did she put into this episode? Well, I mean, the storybook that she writes isn't very good, so... Yeah, yeah. uh, For the episode, I mean, I don't know about her actual books. Because if if this episode is any indication, her kids' books are probably pretty bad. But (laughs) (laughs) Sorry sorry if you're listening, Cheryl. (laughs) Yeah. She probably didn't bring her A-game, the Power Rangers, either, though. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the... I'm looking at... I did a Google search. I'm looking at the covers for some of these books. Oh, hook me up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's It's a little girl, and apparently she... Always has a white teddy bear in tow. What's the name and of like, the series exactly? Because I try, I try, I look for like one of the titles. It's just Griffin's something. Griffin's busy day. Griffin's shopping trip. It's a, it's, a, it's just a little blonde-haired girl carrying a, oh. a teddy bear around, and like, oh, yeah, like in some... one of them, she's she's at like a petting zoo surrounded by farm animals. Yeah. So okay. Is Griffin like a girl's name too? I guess so. I I suppose it is. I didn't know that, but yeah, I guess so. But okay, cool. So that uh, that I guess I, I, yeah, that gives us a little bit of context for this uh, for this episode. I I mean, I feel like like books for very very small children would be a really hard thing to like to, to make on. a value judgment on, I'll like to review that. really, like like as an adult, how could you possibly know whether or not this is something a kid would like? You know, especially when that young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky business. I'm surprised there's like you know, no uh, no ninja kicking in these books. <laughs> maybe who knows? Maybe the cover is. Have deceiving. you read them? Yeah, I mean, like maybe no. she just kicks some butt with her yeah. teddy bear. Yeah, I feel, I feel like you're jumping to conclusions here. 
but okay, we we are clearly just um we've clearly run out of steam on both of these tangents. So why don't we get into the episode? It's only four people in this episode, and like none of the none of the crazy ones. <laughs> so yeah. the title of this episode is Come on, Netflix, be nice to me. Somebody save me. Throw Storybook me a line. Storybook Rangers Part Two. Storybook there Rangers Part Two. There we go. Storybook Rangers Part Two. I was just about to say that. Yep. Hey, Matt, quick question, because I am i don't think you – were you here on the last episode? Yes, I was here on the last episode. Okay, I was going to ask episode. if you'd seen part one. Okay. Yeah, no, I've seen part one. <laughs> All right. So this is kind of a weird episode because usually with part twos of, of multi-parters of Power Rangers, they're pretty good about starting in a way that, like, if you miss the previous parts, you've got an immediate sense of what was happening. Like, they'll they'll – usually even go too far as far as like recapping like previously on like so you know what the hell is like the deal is not so much this one like we just we open on the viewing globe and we see the altered primator costume abominable snowman just yelling like this will teach you to trespass in my valley and like and that's just kind of it and then we get a shaking camera bit of what we know is Tommy, Kimberly, and and Rocky like caught in a blizzard. But like, if you didn't know that, you probably couldn't tell what was going on no. here. Oh, yeah. there's no way you'd be able to tell. Also, the episode opens with Adam being a fucking dumbass and asking the incredibly obvious question of, "What is it? You think they're gonna be okay? Are yeah, they gonna be okay? Yeah, it's yeah. like they're, they're currently under an avalanche. He's like, man, I hope they're okay." Possible yeah. to tell from here. He says it's impossible to tell from here. Tell, tell. No, you can. You're literally looking at them. It's not impossible yeah. to tell. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, fucking. I mean, there's also my favorite bit is uh, again like this is the early, early, early Johnny Young Bosch when he doesn't really know what to do as an actor. Like he does that thing where like when when an amateur stage actor is just like, man, I gotta have some stage business. I gotta do something with my hands. Fuck, fuck. What do I do? And just shoves them in his pockets. <laughs> it's very Adam, though. It is very Adam. So they they're talking to Zordon about like, man, how are we gonna find everybody? We know they're in a book, but we don't even know like where it is or what the title of the book is or what are we gonna do? Look, we can't give up. We've got to find the book and figure out a way to get into it. Zordon, can you tell us where it is? And then uh, Zordon's like, well, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but it is somewhere in the book fair uh, at your school where they're raising money for the library. And it's like, wow, that's that actually kind of sucks that it's surrounded <laughs> by other books. I, I guess we better head to the school. Ay, 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 that could take hours to find. Who knows what Reed and Zed will do by then. It could take hours to find, I believe they say. Yeah, yeah that's Alpha's line. That, that, <laughs> no. Not re- like yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's around other books, but that's like two tables of books. This really wasn't that yeah. big of a book fair. And and also like um, how many how much context clues have they gotten from like watching them in the book? Like when did they start watching them? Were they already fighting the Mommel Snowman or like did they yeah. say Campbell? Yeah. Okay, but I was thinking maybe I think, they I think the Blizzard enough. is the only context they have. Yeah, so, so it's probably not the cookbooks of which this book fair is like fifty percent cookbooks. <laughs> I think they can narrow it down pretty significantly. Yeah. So we cut to back inside the storybook, and Tommy, Kimberly, and Rocky have apparently found their way into a cave, and I think they're I think they're buried in the cave is the implication. Yeah. And they're just like, man, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna get out of here? And Steve Cardenas is doing his best to like look like he's really cold. And then they're then they're like 
let's check our morphers. And Rocky reaches behind him and pulls out his morpher, which he is apparently buried in the snow. The reason the morphers aren't yeah. working is because they're too cold. I think that morpher scene <laughs> yeah. happens later. But yeah, yeah, that actually happens later. We we come back to this cave a few times is the problem. This is this episode does the thing that Power Rangers always does, where it cuts a lot and scenes are real short. But uh, yeah, I got that stuff, switched around. Yeah, yeah, but like it takes a lot of time for things to actually kind of progress in the episode. So we're gonna cut back and forth between the same three things like a bunch of times. Speaking of the same three things, the third thing we're cutting to is Bulk and Skull and their fucking mad science lab. Ready, electrodes! Check! There's a bombing gas! Disembalming glass. Yeah, yeah. They're, they have disembalming gas and they breathe it in. Why One do they do question. That? <laughs> Question, is disembalming gas a real thing? I can't imagine it is. I doubt it, or at least I've never heard of it. Doesn't necessarily mean it's not a real thing, mind you, just I've never heard of it. Yeah. But why, so they, I just don't even know why, like, disembalming, I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to put in there. To, <laughs> what, what does it do? It unembalms, like, you you blow it on corpses, and, and then I they think get that's an idea. It's unembalmed. <laughs> Technically, they're making this thing from a dead animal, but that's by accident because Skull fucked up and read the turkey recipe. Well, you don't what? buy embalmed turkeys, so <laughs> but yeah. But like, what? What? You what don't. did they think? What was the actual <laughs> monster recipe calling for them to make this monster from? It seems like just like a robot. I mean, maybe it was going to be a Frankenstein, and they were going to yeah. need a human corpse at you, one point. You need some kind of dead animal to put in there, whether it be a human or a chicken or a turkey. Wait, did did Bulkit Skull dig up a body, and then they just accidentally <laughs> left it somewhere? <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Think- oh my god! Because remember that this switch up is because uh, Skull uh, accidentally switched the monster making book with the cookbook. So I'm imagining uh, Skull's mother. Trying to make a Thanksgiving dinner out of this body they've dug up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, it's the only well, thing in here in this freezer. I guess I'll use this. Gotta make it does do explain why Bulk hates her cooking so much. <laughs> so, in any case, they start cranking up the, the juice on this thing. They're like, come on, let's do it. Let's make this monster. It's alive! It's alive! And then we cut up to Rita and Zed, and... Zed said th- some- says something that's patently untrue, and it's those two boobs couldn't make a mess, much less a monster. Yeah, it's the These only thing can make his mess. Well, he yeah. calls them he calls them boobs, and I just love it when children's shows say boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, please, for the love of God, clip that audio and put it out of context on YouTube. <laughs> sure. Uh, if only someone here had a YouTube channel. Anyway. So we. Everybody so, has a fucking YouTube channel. It's YouTube. <laughs> that's that's not like a big barrier to entry. I'm not your dancing and singing monkey. I mean, <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Sure. So. Well, um, you, see, you see, Matt. The joke was that Greg has a YouTube channel of videos and stuff. Like it's not just like a random thing. Like it's an actual like oh, developed yeah. channel. Is that what we were doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry for not. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> This is a really good episode of Teenagers with Attitude so far, y'all. Blame it's really all good. The fucking other people who are like, oh man, you should get up at fucking 9 a.m. You should get your tired ass up. That way, everybody can join in. And now we're doing that, and fuck, nobody's showing up. <laughs> do, do you guys.
guys just want to like just like read a book or something? just just ditch the episode? I got I got uh, Patrick Grove <laughs> this year. I got the name of the wild right next to my computer. Um, if you read it as Batman. I, I don't know what that is. Do you have the things <laughs> do you have the things they carried? I remember like that. I think it's a, a reference that some of the listeners didn't hear. Prologue. <laughs> a silence of three parts. It was night again. The Waystone Inn lay in silence. Are we sure we want to do this? Is like 700 pages. <laughs> yeah, that, let's not. Let's not. <laughs> so, I think I walked the other people, the people in the apartment above me, up uh, accidentally by yelling, but they've done that like four times to me so they can just eat my asshole. Oh, God. My, my upstairs neighbors, they play like guitar at 4 a.m. It's horrible. Yeah, no, the, the people above me can just eat my ass. Anyway, we can keep going. Okay, so Zed and Rita take advantage of the fact that uh, Bulk and Skull are making a monster. But we're going to give them a hand, my sweet! Oh, this is so beautiful! I love working with my hubby! <laughs> Zed zaps the turkey, and we get the the turkey jerk monster, which is an altered version of the chunky chicken monster. Crank it up another knock, Skull! Have you considered what we're doing here, man? Of course I have. Now hit it! You can do it. I know you can! Live, my glorious creation! Live! Yes! Live, my magnificent creature! Live! We did it, Skull! We've created our own perfect... Turkey! It's basically imagined that the Chunky Chicken was, like, dressed like fucking Math Man from Square One. Yeah. And that's basically what you've got. <laughs> Deep wow. cut. Yeah, for real. I do like the... <laughs> Thank you. I do like the one line where they're making it in Skulls. Like, do you under... Have you considered what we're doing here, man? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, Skull, so, like, has... Skull has a lot of regrets in this episode. <laughs> So, so question: yeah. do, you, do you think this episode would have been better if Bulk and Skull had just successfully created a monster? I mean, they did. Well, no, they didn't because Zed had to zap it for them. But yeah, they think they successfully did it, mm-hmm. but like no one else does. Like Zordon even tells the other Rangers, like, "Hey, Bulk and Skull tried to make a monster. They fucked it up, but Zed brought it to life. So you yeah. know, yada yada." I just would like the episode to be dealing with the implications, like, "Oh shit." We just became the villains of Power Rangers. What the hell are we doing? I mean, they do a little bit. Well, the thing is, I'd imagine this show would just kind of shrug it off and just be like, well, Bulk and Skull learned their lesson, and they would, you know, return the monster book at the end of the episode just like they would have otherwise. Uh, Yeah, but... But, like, obviously that would have huge implications for us, the people who actually fucking care about this sort of thing. But, like, Power Rangers would would just sort of move on, I'd imagine. It's kind of exactly what happens. I mean... Yeah, kind of. So Buck and Skull freak out because they were successful? Like, oh no, we succeeded in doing what we're going to do, run! Yeah, that was weird. And um, and then it's yeah. a very cartoony moment here. What the matter? Oh, I did it! Oh, we're playing hide and seek! Yeah, so they, they they run away and they burst through a wall and they leave like bulk and skull shaped holes in the wall. <laughs> my favorite my favorite part of that is that there's the outline of the tail of bulk's do rag. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, like the even if it's so hard that that like the the cloth on his do rag was able to rip through the metal. <laughs> what I love about this whole sequence and kind of the whole business with the turkey jerk monster in general 
is this monster actually genuinely does think Bulk and Skull are its parents? Yeah, it's And really so he's good. just like, oh, are we just playing hide and seek? Well, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, you're doing a good impression of him. That's what he sounds like. And he like, he makes like, it's his goofy laugh on the subtitles here. Like, it's I pretty wish, accurate. I wish Bulk and Skull just accepted what they had done. And we had spent Racist like the monster. rest of the show just these two men raising a child together. It'd be great. <laughs> I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I would too. <laughs> so we cut back to the book fair, and Billy is really fucking judgmental about some of the books here because they're they're like looking through these books and like, man, check out some of these titles. What's what fucking dumb books would would you know what people would read these? And like the bad example of a book that Billy picks up is No Uruguay. <laughs> Because fucking Mr. Science Boy thinks herpetology is for chumps, I guess. People have iguanas as pets. It's a useful book. <laughs> yeah. Curtis's name, Know Your Iguana, is a little bit of a weird t- title, but I'm not sure. At, like a free donated book fair, I'm sure there's something worse you could have found. I used to work at a pet store, and they had a huge selection of books. And there was a ton of books named similar like that. Like, you know, Get to Know Your Chihuahua and stuff like that. So this I don't want to get to know a chihuahua. Well, then don't buy the book, Matt. I'm not going to. (laughs) So basically the the next uh, book cover that they they judge harshly is they come across Grumble the Magic Elf. And they're like, well, there's no way it's this book. I I just like, I I, I want the scene later where Aisha's like, yeah, we got you out of that lame book. And then Kimberly's like, that's my favorite book. I was a kid. He's like, oh, um, it's my favorite too. Please like me. <laughs> my uncle slash stepdad used to read that to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, it starts glowing, and the, Aisha freaks out and drops the book. And when they open it, my dear friend, you've done the right thing. You stupid fool. <laughs> it looks like perhaps you're in the book now. <laughs> I kind of love how shitty this effect is. I really want open- them to like draw a picture of like the the the. I, I was I, I like I don't know why I expected that, but I really wanted to draw like actual pictures of like the the characters in the scenes that they're in, rather than just doing mm-hmm. what they did, where they just have like video on the page. Yeah, this this is basically <laughs> like mist or. Riven, the sequel to Mist, where it's just a video on the page, and it looks horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, so we they actually use this as a as an opportunity to transition uh, back to the cave for the next scene. And Kimberly's like, "Hey, are we gonna run out of air?" And that's it's pretty like, oh, dark. Yeah, that that's <laughs> fucking dark. Power Rangers. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so they try the morphers, and they're they're still frozen. This is the thing we mentioned earlier. Yeah, they literally buried like their morphers in, in the snow. But they're saved by Grumble of all characters. Having fun, Grumble! <laughs> How did you get past the snow monster? A goat got caught in his own avalanche. You coming out or what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's apparently pissed off. Like he's just like, you know what? I I I need your help. You idiots showed up, and now I can't finish the story, and this is a real fucking bummer, so you're gonna help me out. Yeah. And then... I mean, fair enough. Tommy, I guess because the Rangers are still operating under the assumption that, like, if they get to the end of the story, they'll be free from the book. And, I mean, they're right, but also they have no reason to assume that. 
I mean, that's just that's just science. It's it's as far as theories go. I mean, it's better than nothing. Like if if I was stuck in this situation, I'd be like, I guess we could try that. I'd love if they got to yeah. the end of the book and like, well, that's all the story there is, and they blink out of existence. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I got I so, got I got I got a question. I got a question for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if yeah. if you were trying to kill the Power Rangers and your plan was to zap them into a book, what book would you zap them into? For me, it would probably be 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Going straight for the throat. I fucking respect that. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, what what would I put them in to kill them? Hmm. Uh, the, I mean, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe maybe just a really really dense history book about like some kind of war. Mm-hmm. You know? Or not more yeah. like like history of the world where they have to get to the end of the book, but it takes a thousand years. Like, yeah, 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 you know, that's good. Shit, that's good. You know what? I'm just gonna zap them into a dictionary. There's no end to a dictionary. It has <laughs> no end point, so they're never going to escape. What does dictionary look like? like being inside it's, it's like it's like they just encounter every single thing to ever exist in alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm going with dictionary. Fuck it. Yeah. You know, I think I actually read a short story once about a dude who like found a magical box that would let him like meet this woman in a novel that he had fallen in love with. And then but like the 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 twist of it was that like one night he accidentally grabbed the wrong book and wound up trapped in like a like high school biology textbook and was just being chased by these fucking like monster germs or something. I forget the exact details. That sounds like some goosebumps ass shit. Yeah. I think the thing is, I think it was actually supposed to be a funny story. Oh. That's the thing. I think it was a comedy. Oh. I think I would put them in a book that has like an issue that they can't solve with violence or simple concepts like friendship. So like I don't know, like maybe like a romantic drama or something, I and mean, then they have like no idea how to actually assist the situation. Like a real world <laughs> political thriller where like Yeah. Like, oh like they wouldn't God. they wouldn't be able to get to the end of the book because they wouldn't be able to help at all. Like Hold on, are you are you saying the way to defeat the Power Rangers is to make the Power Rangers solve the Israeli Palestinian conflict? Exactly. Not at all. <laughs> just fucking put them in a in in a fucking Tom Clancy novel. Yeah, there you go. Oh Jesus, the Power Rangers negotiate the for the release of the hostage. All of them are gonna die. All of those hostages are dead. Because, like, in that situation, they would like, be like, let's fight them, and then the and then the bad guys would just do the thing they threatened to do, and then they'd be like, oh, I guess we like, it's like the the the, 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 the uh, like the terrorist blows off a hostage's head, and Tommy's like, oh, that's yeah, a bummer. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, no. Whoa, these guys are serious. <laughs> Dude's brains are just like leaking out all over the place after he gets shot out with a Glock 9. It's like, Jesus Christ. Oh, we found the perfect tangent for Matt. Yeah, so real. Anywho, the Russians have taken over the embassy. It's morphing time. <laughs> God, oh my god the no. Russians with put him, him in the cardinal put him yeah you know what you put him in the cardinal in the kremlin because there's no way they're going to understand anything that happens in that fucking novel i know let's, let's put let's get <laughs> let's get uh some of the some of the guest skills into this and say let's put them in the animorphs i don't think they could fight the yurks they would just get taken over they're too they're not they're not subtle enough well animorphs is like power rangers if like the power rangers had PTSD 
and were like yeah. totally <laughs> totally willing to slice someone's throat. Uh huh. So, so power slash rangers. Yeah. I guess. I guess that's. <laughs> I, get, I get before that was before that was before grim dark sucked. But yeah. Okay. So anyway, Tommy's idea is well if. If we can't get to the end of the story, what if we go to the beginning? If we get Mondo to just remove the spell from Grumble, oh, no, then no, no, that's no, the no, end no, of the story. Hold up. I got it. I know what you put them in. You put them in a 40k source book like Codex or something like that. Jeez. No, that's what like you a, do. Like They're, Warhammer 40k? Yeah. Put them in the fucking yeah. 40k like rule. I, there's actually no more like core source book, but like put them in the fucking 40k like Tyranids Codex. And they are so, 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 so very fucked. If you if you threw them if okay. you do the Power Rangers into like a like a D and D monster manual, like what level do you think the Power Rangers actually are? Like what's what's the Power Rangers challenge rating? I think they're like in like the with high. With, okay, tens. first question. First question: With or without Zords? Well, they can't summon the Zords in the book, so just with their Power Ranger powers. Um, okay. I think they're still in the high tens because they have like literal powers. Like I don't know, like they wouldn't be level. They wouldn't be in the low, like in the in like the before tens. I don't think they're a little too yeah. powerful for that. So they so they prob they probably do okay up until they get to like the elder dragons and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe because I don't have their Zords to fight the dragons. If they had Zords to fight dragons, they'd be pretty good, I think. But like, yeah. Yeah. So like really, really high right. level monks almost, I'd say. They're not beating like that fucking Lich Skull bastard that just steals your fucking soul with its eye sockets I, gems. I, if I they think they that do thing, okay though, because like monsters is their like forte. So like The thing is, Power Rangers monsters are their forte. Not like attack from they higher fight ground. Things from the the monster manual in the show like they fight the minotaur and they fight like um the they cockatrice fight, they but they like... fight they fight power rangers versions of those <laughs> monsters which are stupid a monster that just like sits in higher ground in a concealed position just like firing a crossbow at them and like retreating when they get close that monster's probably going to beat them actually yeah come to think of it I come to think of it, I think they'd lose to just like normal goblins with crossbows. No, I don't think crossbows can penetrate like the suits. I think the suits are like you need to be like. Oh, a that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's their AC probably is probably true. like forty. Yeah, that's <laughs> one thing they've got going for them. All right, this tangent's going too long. Let's move on. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I started that. <laughs> it was good. It's fine. It's fine. They're mythic heroes, is what I'm saying now. So Tommy has the idea, like, why don't we just go back to the beginning of the book and ask the wizard to lift the curse from Grumble? So in, in case you folks have forgotten from last week, the whole the whole crux of this storybook that they're trapped in is a wizard cursed this elf to be a grumpy, grumpy grouch or whatever. And if he delivers toys to some orphans at the end of the book, then he gets to go back to being happy again. And that's the that's the book. And Putty's fucking stole the toy, so now they're just trying to figure out how to basically make the story work without the MacGuffin anymore. And so they're just going to go back to the beginning of the book and see the wizard. And then we get this, uh, we get this sort of gag sequence of they get to this ridiculous fork in the road and Grumble doesn't know which way to go because he's never had to go through the storybook backwards before. Also the, the, the road sign's been vandalized. Hey, what happened here? A hurricane? Mono the magician. Great. Now what are we going to do? Are you sure you don't remember which way it is, Grumble? 
Oh, you guys are just beautiful. Suddenly the pressure's on me. I've never gone backwards through the book before, so how could I remember something I never did? I mean, why me? Couldn't you take down Dr. Seuss? Oh, look, just try. Concentrate. Oh, all right. I believe we have to go this way. No, I was traveling in a southwesterly direction, so it's this way. No, wait. I was traveling in a northeasterly direction, so it's this way. Yeah. It's a good thing that I have an uncanny sense of direction, or we'd be in trouble. So come on, what are you waiting for? A formal invitation? Let's go! Sheesh, suddenly I'm a parade. This would be a this would be a fantastic opportunity for Kimberly to step up because let's like spoilers for the rest of the episode. Tommy, Kimberly, and Rocky don't do anything in this storybook. They don't accomplish a single thing. This would yeah. this would have been the good opportunity for Kimberly to be Kimberly to be like, oh no, wait, I remember the book from my childhood. Grubble was walking this way, so we go down that path. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. like as the person who loves this story, like it, it was her favorite childhood book. Theoretically, like that that really should have come into play. She should have been able to like like unlock the secret to escaping because she knows this story back and forth. Like it makes sense that Tommy and Rocky don't know what to do because neither of them had even heard of this book before. But like, yeah, it really doesn't make sense that Kim doesn't know what to do. Well, also, I don't, I'm not sure that's entirely fair given the fact that she I, I don't think she still reads this book from her childhood. I remember some stuff from my from I my feel ch- like you'd have some vague memories at least. Yeah, but like a specific path that like the elf was walking down though. I real yeah. realistically no, like like you know, I read Oh, uh, the cat in the hat a lot as a kid, and I couldn't tell you like they named job Doctor Seuss in here. Yeah, too. I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you like like on which shelf the fish tank was. But you know, as a as a story, as a narrative, that was clearly like set up that Kimberly knows this book, and that should have paid off somewhere, and it just didn't. Yeah, that would just be good writing. Also, there's something I want to point out here. So. We didn't really mention it much in part one, but, like, Grumble is is sort of a fast-talking sort of, like, he's sort of a Jewish stereotype, and he makes a lot of bad jokes. And that was manageable in part one because he wasn't around much in part one. But now, like, he, he has officially... He's he's joined the party now. He is now the fourth member of our, like, RPG <laughs> uh, at this point. And he is traveling with the Rangers for most of the rest of this episode. So he's around on screen and talking a lot. And he's really obnoxious. And just, he's not funny. Like, even, like, I, I feel like even as a kid, I would just find this guy annoying. All right. It's not good. I'll just cop to it. I think some of the stuff he says is kind of funny. It's me. Hi, I'm the bad humor man. <laughs> <laughs> wait, does that mean you, like, deliver shitty ice cream? Is that your thing? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Uh, good humor. It's a, it's a kind of ice cream. I, <laughs> yeah, that, I that yeah. sound you hear, is that joke going right the fuck over my head? Sorry. Okay. That sound is the joke looking sad, packing up its suitcase and walking out the door. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, though, <laughs> apparently I have bad humor, so me not getting your joke is actually a good thing, if anything. 
It's just a thing that happened. Let's move on. <laughs> it's just a thing that happened. Let's move on. Well, fun fun fact, uh, Grumble the Elf is voiced by Robert Axelrod, who does the voice for Lord Zed. Oh, cool. So, oh, boy. So he can I want to hear Zed talking yeah. like this. He's, he's got a lot of yeah, range, that's, that that's, guy. That's a pre- pretty decent range. It's just, you know, it's annoying range. <laughs> so so we cut back to the command center and Billy is scanning the book in hopes of finding a way to, you know, rescue his friends. And then up on the viewing globe, we see Bulk and Skull have been chased up a tree by their creation. And Zordon gives Aisha, Billy, and Adam like the lowdown on what this monster is and what it's about and how it came to be and so on and so forth. And we get we we get the beginning of a whole lot of just turkey dinner based jokes. Like we start with Adam saying, "That looks like a Thanksgiving nightmare." Yeah. Why Why does this thing have a name though? Like like back in the old days, back in like season one, like they were calling on either like monsters with established histories like Madame Woe or all that, or they were pulling like they were pulling monsters out of a recipe book. So there was like established names for these things. Why does this thing have a name that Zordon knows? Zordon that, just decided that to is name a it. Very good question. Zordon just likes naming monsters. It's like it's like Cisco from the Flash, where like he, oh, just, fucking... he just likes naming the villains. So Zordon just made it up. Yeah, yeah that makes he sense. Just straight up, that made makes it up. <laughs> when the Power Rangers leave, he's like chuckles. <laughs> Turkey jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get there and they're like, still like, I don't know, they probably don't do that, but they're like, they got there and they're just like, we're going to take you down, turkey jerk. And he's just like, wait, what? <laughs> what, what well, I mean, they that? do, but the way Adam says it, like, sounds like he could have just been insulting it. Oh, so. there we go. Who knows? This thing maybe never knew what its name was. So we, we, we get down there and, and we get Aisha, Billy, and, and Adam like, threatening to fight this monster while Bulk and Skull are hanging out in a tree, and they're like, hey, it's the Power Rangers, it worked, they're here! That's awesome! And we get all kinds of jokes about fucking, like, the the turkey jerk fires a laser, and it's like, haha, you've been cooked to perfection. I, I do like... And Ace is just like, oh, we gotta roast this turkey, and just... <laughs> Before that, though, I do like how uh, the turkey's like, come on, join us, as soon as I convince my folks that turkeys don't live in trees, we'll have a blast and blow up the city! <laughs> It's like that. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that took a turn for the worse from nowhere, I guess. It's, it's like almost like, oh, he's a genuinely nice guy. He just, he just, but no, he's going to blow up the city. But still, it's really cute. How he's like, I just got to convince yeah. my parents that turkeys don't live in trees. Like, like yeah, it's one of those <laughs> weird things where it's like, I feel like they almost could have talked down this monster, but that's not what happens. No, I feel like the solution to this situation would be like Bulk and Skull showing their child love and like, like trying to reform him and like like what's what's that you're saying shoot it in the face with a gigantic fucking cannon like i said the power rangers well, can't do anything like <laughs> they, can, they can only fo- they can only solve things through violence or very limited ideas <laughs> this is too broad <laughs> of an idea for them to have <laughs> i know you guys are like like 50 episodes into season two but you guys inviting me to this was like the first time i've watched any season two stuff in a very very long time and I had forgotten like the the updated morphing sequence. And you guys have probably gone over this again and again and again. But Billy's half-hearted Triceratops, Triceratops, 
it's just I was laughing for like three it's, minutes. Is that like is that like a Boston accent? <laughs> a little bit. Okay. Come on, Power Rangers. Yeah. No, I, can't, I can't do it naturally. Like I can't, yeah, I can't do it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, you can do it I naturally. Know. You just oh, can't do it on purpose. But, but man, you, you saying that like the Power Rangers only know how to solve things with violence and very simple ideas just. Like the the dark part of my mind just went, wow, that really explains the generation that was raised on this shit, doesn't it? Oh no! <laughs> but <laughs> I was raised on Power Rangers, and frankly, that explains a lot. Actually, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I uh, like I was never like a a serious MMA break your bones kind of violent kid, but I definitely air kung fu a lot because of this show and oh yeah and there definitely. were there was some broken lamps i can say for a oh, fact boy. that i have an uncom- uncomfortable predilection towards violence i'm not sure i should have said that I, on air but i, I guess it's i like, a, I guess I like it's that you said now. broken lamps plural oh yeah <laughs> eventually my I, parents I, I, just started buying plastic lamps and <laughs> oh, geez. oh geez i never um so, broke anything in my shadow boxing but yeah so we get to the home of Mondo the Magnificent Magician. I love this character, as we'll see later. He's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Rita and Zed are worried that Mondo is going to indeed reverse the spell and free the Rangers. And then Rita says something that fucking changes everything about how this universe works. And this is the way this universe works is already pretty fucked, okay? Let's be real. Yeah. This is the this is this is the Power Rangers universe. Everything <laughs> already doesn't make a whole lot of sense. When Zed says, "Man, that fake fictional wizard better not break the fake fictional spell he put on the fake fictional elf in the storybook." <laughs> and Rita says, "Relax, my vision of ugliness. Mondo the magician is an old friend." The power dwarfs don't stand a chance against his magic! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, lord! <laughs> like, what the fuck? How does that work? <laughs> Didn't I tell you about my college roommate, the fictional villain? Maybe this is a true story. <laughs> or, maybe Mondo, oh, or maybe Mondo just, like, hangs out in the per- self-perpetuating continuity of this book... Well, maybe like that's There's stupid. A- the words I just said were stupid, <laughs> but what the fuck is the other explanation best, for it? Best, best scenario I can come up with in my head is the guy who wrote the book, which, by the way, was stealing Mister Tickle Sneezer from Vietnam. Um, like, encountered Mondo the magician, and he was like a also a wizard. The author and like the author entrapped him in the book. That's like the best scenario I can come up with. Yeah, it's interesting. But, the, but I mean, but like the thing is, they're just like, "Hey, Mondo, break out of the book later." Yes. And Mondo's like, "I," and he just <laughs> leaves. He's like, "Bye." Wait. He just does, does that sometimes. Isn't this all basically the plot of the Goosebumps movie? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I never saw that, so I'm gonna go with maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, just to like go back a scene too is before that, like Kimberly's trying to convince Grumble to like open the door and stuff, and there's like a, this log in front of them or stump rather with like a cartoon cat on it, and like they've had like the cartoon animals in the background and stuff, but this is so in the foreground that it's impossible to miss, and it's just so bad. And 
I just love it so much. I, I, I've tweened, yeah. I've tweened flash animations that look better than this thing. <laughs> it's real bad. So we get, we do a little bit of cutting back and forth here between the fight scene between the three rangers who are still in the real world and the turkey and the other rangers trying to plead with Mondo. And it's basically Tommy's like, hey, uh, Mr. Wizard guy, can you like lift the curse so we can get out of the book? He's like, no. <laughs> well, all right. Oh, well, then. that sucks. <laughs> and then we cut back to the fight and Adam takes out the fucking power axe. And like I thought we were done but with that's the power what the weapons, wiki but I guess told us it lied to us again. Yeah, fuck you. What is your wiki? <laughs> this this is, clearly isn't the original power axe prop though, because it's missing that hole in the blade. Okay. Oh, oh so this is like it's. Do you think it's a replica or to, or did they just buy a toy? It's too big to be a toy, but it's. It, it looks yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like a mold that they they recast the mold, but didn't finish all the details on it. You know it'd be fucking funny if this show had come full circle and they just purchased a Power Axe toy from the toy store. They they for reals did that with the Morphers multiple times. Fantastic. That is some amazingly cyclical shit right there and I love <laughs> yeah. it. So, the Power Axe doesn't work out. Uh, Aisha, Billy, and Adam are are losing against the turkey. There's a ton of do? like jokes about like cranberries and shit. There's cranberries. You're gonna be yeah. basted in gravy, my gravy, or some and weird when it, shit when it like that. When it says cranberries, it pulls out some cranberries and throws it at them. And, and I was thinking, like, I've heard of a cherry bomb before, but cranberry bomb. Oh, oh. I want to say they <laughs> did a very similar sort of gag with like the Mike Head monster way back at the start of season two. I want to say, but who gives a shit about that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they take out the power cannon. They don't even load it. And they shoot it in the face. I, 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 yeah, they don't even need to load it this time. And they can and they can fire with just three people. It's just like fuck the rules. Back to like skull like um, uh, examining their actions. I like how they're like cheering the power rangers on, and and skulls like bulk. Um, uh, what what if like all of this is our fault? Like, what if the power rangers get killed, yeah. and then we're like, it's our fault. The power rangers <laughs> what if died? the power rangers lose, and we doom humanity. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Balk, but, admitted, uh, <laughs> Balk in a show of faith, though, says, come on, I think it's like, come on, dummy, the Power Rangers never lose. Yeah. So, so eh, there's that. So, yeah. according, uh, and so they blow up the... Sorry, according to the wiki, this is the final appearance of the Power Cannon, uh, which, well, I mean, yeah. we, we, we just, we just, just third time we've seen it. We, which, we <laughs> just, which we just proved is not a reliable source here, but... <laughs> I think we proved how the wiki isn't a reliable source of information when we figured out that the wiki is kind of racist, and also that it's wrong a whole lot. Yeah. God. So, I mean, really, 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 would it truly be a Power Rangers database if it wasn't kind of racist and wrong a whole lot? <laughs> I guess that's true. Oh, no. So, basically, uh, they blow up the turkey monster, and then Bulk's like, okay, now's our chance. Let's get out of the tree so we can go unmask the Power Rangers. I can- What are they going to do? Just run up to them and like try to yank <laughs> yeah. their masks off? <laughs> I mean, we we know that Bulk is nothing if not completely overconfident in every situation, but I don't know how exactly he thinks he's going to unmask a superhero. Like, that that's the part of the plan that, that like... I can't help but feel like he, his plans are just like you know. As step one, let's let's get the Power Rangers. Step two, eh? 
Step three, we, we've revealed their identities. Like, it's just, I don't think he thinks this through. Uh, but in any case, he and Skull fall out of the tree, and it's, you know, it's wacky and fun. Yeah. And it's, it, and, and like, that, that sounds dismissive, but like, it's it's a good Bulk and Skull pratfall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that. Bulk lands on Skull, and it hurts, because Bulk is a big boy. And yeah, that's the joke. Yep. And then he's like, well, I need a new sidekick. Because... <laughs> Because I guess he's sick of Skull's shit. I want a divorce. And then uh, we... I made, me, it made, me, it made <laughs> me a little sad when he said that. Because I'm like, Skull's right there. I can hear you. Like, dude, like that's mean. <laughs> yeah. So we cut back to the storybook. And this is this is where Mondo gives oh, like his God. final refusal. Who's dared to knock on my door and disturb my beauty sleep? What do you want from Mondo? Um, we have to ask you to reverse the spell on Grumble the Elf. Never! Why not? Because it's not in the story, that's why. Look, if we could just come in and talk to you, I mean, maybe we could, you know... Absolutely not. Remove yourself from my door, or I'll turn you and your friends into kiwis. <laughs> and he's just like, nope, we're, nope, not gonna help you out, not gonna get you out of the story. Nope, not way, not no So how. they withhold the Mondo reveal. He's, like, behind a <laughs> door, so and you much. get little glimpses of, like, his shoulders through these I'm windows. So <laughs> Doesn't... Gives you just the vaguest hint that this guy really doesn't seem to belong in this storybook. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll we'll get to Mondo when he shows up oh for real. Because, wow. Yeah. So, we cut back to the command center and... The story's rewriting itself as Tom and the others go through it. So they're trying to get out? It appears that way, yeah. Listen, in the book it says the story is over when the elf's toys are delivered to the orphan children. Now maybe if we can help with that... We'll get the other rangers out. That's an excellent idea, Adam. However, I can't locate the frequency to enable you to teleport into the book. You guys, I have an idea. Alpha, give me some colored pencils. Right, colored pencils. Here they are. You see, I'll draw on the toys, then the elf will have them to deliver to the children. Hey, you guys, look. The toys. Oh, yeah. Adam has a brilliant idea. He says, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If the problem is that they don't have the toys, what if we just, like, draw some toys onto the page? Wouldn't that make them appear in the book? Yeah, and then Aisha asks for pencil crayons. And... Okay. Okay. So, the idea is solid. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with the idea that like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna draw some fucking things and it's gonna appear in the storybook world. Okay, that you know what? I'm I'm willing to go along with that logic. The way that so they show bad. Aisha <laughs> drawing the toys onto the page is Karen Ashley like waves her hand holding a pencil like vaguely over some green screen, and they just sketch in this like stack of toys and she, she just grabs in a way orange that- but she does all these different colors and all she's doing is waving it on, like they could have like had her like working on it and you don't see what she's drawing and then cut back and you see what she drew and it would have been like better but like no they had to yeah. like show how bad like how much she's they had to like hammer in how much she's not drawing that <laughs> but like and like the weird part about this is this had to have been like the more expensive of the two options you just, like this was pro- this probably took more money than what you just proposed and what you just proposed with like the like 
have her shoot shoot it from an angle where you don't like you see her right sketching in the book but you don't actually see her sketching in the book and then cut to Tommy's group and you see the toys just kind of fade in that probably that would have looked better and it would have been cheap probably would have been cheaper to boot I, I, I don't, I don't want us to overlook the fact that th- there's just colored pencils just laying there in the yeah, in the true. power center. Alpha, like, hang on, Alpha's let me so get quick. them. He turns around and grabs them and hands them over. Like, <laughs> it just switches over, and like, it turns out Alpha was like working on his coloring book, like before they showed up. <laughs> yeah, Alpha does a lot of coloring in the command center, I'd imagine. But like, it it is it is true that they keep going for these like weird green screen effects with people holding the book, and they never want to just like just have the, an illustrator just draw a picture of like. Tommy, Kimberly, and Rocky just standing in the book. And, like, that would be a neat touch. Because, like, at some point, like, Billy even says the words, like, man, the story's rewriting itself as our friends do stuff in there. But, like, it would be nice to see that. Like, all of a sudden, they look at a page, and it's like, and, like, it'll have, like, the words on it. And then Tommy, Kimberly, and Rocky followed Rumble down the road. And, like, they they don't take any advantage of the fact that this is a storybook. They don't do anything stylistic. They don't like, like I'm, I'm like, just imagine all these scenarios. Like, like the, all the characters in the book have to all speak in rhyme. Like it's a Doctor Zeus style rhyming book. Oh God, no! Please don't, don't propose that. Please. Oh, the, 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 like they rumble the they magic the- elf is kind of like I know I said I find him funny, but most people find that character obnoxious as shit. Do not give every character a fucking rhyming gimmick, please. So the the thing is like to 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 Greg's point like they they you know they keep they they make up the set to look like a forest and they have all kinds of cartoon animals running around in the background but really that's kind of all they do they like the rangers themselves never really do anything that would take advantage of the fact that it's a storybook Besides they never have like in, but like yeah like that's that's kind of it that's kind of the one thing well, and one other thing that we're about to get to. What's killing me is that they don't, yeah, they don't take advantage of this at all. And I expect it doesn't have any effect on the Rangers. Like, one thing I was thinking about was in part one, uh, Kimberly is all about, oh, yeah, I love fairy tales. I love imagining that I'm being swept away by a man on a white horse and all that stuff. And that's like really good setup for this. Where, like, her expectations of a fairy tale are, like, dashed when she actually goes into a fairy tale. I mean, you're right, but it's, they're not going to do that on this show. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, alternatively, and maybe fitting a bit more to the tone of Power Rangers, is have her imagination be an asset. Fucking have Kimberly, like, you know, imaginate the fucking toys reappearing or whatever. Because whatever, it's a magical, fictional fantasy world. Take advantage of that. I do like drawing things into the world from the outside is kind of a cute idea. So I, kind of, I like that part, but yeah, that could have been like... That is a neat touch, and I and it's also something I wish they would have done more with. Like, I don't know, have, have Aisha, like, use her art skills to fight the abominable snowman? Who I guess just isn't a thing anymore, because, like, the, presumably they went back to the beginning of the book, and they're going to have to go back to the end again, but I guess they're just not going to run into him well, he again. Well, got, he got covered in snow or something, or whatever, yeah. They could have they could have done something like, they, they, like, searched out the author of the book, and had him write, like, a sequel to save the Power Rangers. That'd be pretty or, cool, too. There's a lot that, you could do with this. You, you, you want to know what's something funny? 
that is literally how they added the Green Ranger equivalent to Big Bad Beetleborgs, is they sought out the author of the comic book and had him make a new character. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. I need to watch Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> I had no idea. Awesome. <laughs> Big Bad Beetleborgs is surprisingly good, but Flabber is the worst. I can't wait to watch Flabber it Flabber is the worst thing. So, uh, you know what? Let's um, let's go ahead and take a break okay. real quick. Sure. Let's... Uh, it's, uh, we'll we'll be right back for fucking chapter two or seven. I don't know where we're at. Hey there, Audio Entropy listeners. This is Mike, and I want to tell you about a special event we've got coming up on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Now, in the past, we've had some pretty successful streams playing Jackbox Party Pack 3 with listeners, uh, basically for an entire Saturday evening, starting in the afternoon U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning. And to celebrate the fact that the aptly named sequel, Jackbox Party Pack 4, is coming out, we're going to be having a big just celebration party stream on October the 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time or 5 p.m. Pacific U.S. time and running until the wee hours of the morning. Seriously, these things tend to run for like, I don't know, eight or nine hours, basically until everybody feels like stopping. You can come and go as you please. If you can't be there for the start, feel free to show up late. If you can't stay for the whole thing, feel free to leave early. It's fine. It should be a fun time for everyone. Now, if you've never been to one of these streams before, it's really easy to play along. Just watch the stream, again, twitch.tv slash videoentropy. Open up another browser somewhere on the same computer or on your phone or tablet or however you want to play, and you go to jackbox.tv. And once you go there, you enter in a four-letter code that we'll be giving you, and it'll let you play along. Now, these things are always a ton of fun. You'll be getting to hang out with us and the Audio Entropy crew. You'll be getting to hang out with other Audio Entropy listeners. It's just a blast. Now, again, one last time. That is twitch.tv slash videoentropy, October the 21st, 2017. And that's a Saturday at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time, or midnight on the 22nd GMT, if that makes it easier for you. And we hope to see you there. Again, after it started, feel free to join in anytime. These things are going to run long, and it's going to be a blast. Hope to see you there. And we're back, and... So Kimberly, Rocky, and Tommy are wandering through the woods and basically grumbles like, hey, hold up, we gotta be careful here. Mondo's supposed to appear on this page. Which, again, doesn't make sense if we are moving linearly from between like the front and back of the book, but whatever. It's, it's, it's a possible encounter on the page. It's, like a, it's a dice roll. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's where you should banish the Rangers to is a fucking choose-your-own-adventure book? Because, like, most of those endings are just death. 
Yeah, that's a good one, too. But, yeah, they move forward a bit, and we see Mondo, and I screamed when this happened. I was just like, oh, my God! Oh, are you serious? Like, I just kept saying, oh, my God, over and over again, because this is, like, the best effect that's ever been on this show. And it's, like, it's so incredible. It's so good. This is amazing on two levels. First, as a special effect, because they clearly... This is this is a Sentai character. Yeah. So they clearly didn't have this costume to bring into this storybook setting they created. So they basically made a JPEG of Mondo <laughs> the Magician. And he's just floating on top of the video footage. <laughs> it looked really shit. Just glowing. They just they just add a <laughs> voiceover. Okay, that's so a, I, that's it as a special effect. As a design? So try and describe this guy, cause fuck. He's a leather daddy. Um Yeah. He's yeah, he's, 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 he's black he's kinda cool, actually. I kinda like Mondo's design. He looks <laughs> absolutely badass. He's got like leather jack like a long leather jacket with like belt straps on front. He's he got kinda looks like a Kingdom Hearts villain. Yeah, or like some kind of JRPG villain, like for sure. He he he, he wouldn't be a miss in a Final Fantasy game for sure. He has a steel face, like a like a leather, like rugby helmet, some kind of eyepiece, white magician gloves. Um, what looks what looks like a like underneath all the straps, like like a blue sweater. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either, but it's amazing, and it's just just JPEG that's just hanging out on the screen. It's like incredible. It absolutely has nothing, and it, it, this is a design that does not belong in this children's storybook. It look he looks like like an evil. Well, he looks like a Power Rangers villain, but he looks like like you got like I I'm, I'm Grubble the the goofy elf. I'm the abominable snowman. Doop doop doop. I'm Mondo the Dark Wizard. <laughs> so I've come to you, take your light. Do you want to? Do you want to know what the real deal is with Mondo? Please. Yes. So in the Sentai, he is Commander Shadam, and in Die Ranger, he starts so he off as Die Ranger. Yeah, he's a Die Ranger villain. He starts off as an evil general and eventually becomes the main bad guy. Like, uh, he starts off in the Goldar role and then eventually, like, usurps his way That's up to awesome. the Zed role. So this this is the main villain of Die Ranger right here. And he comes on to this episode about a magic storybook and is there for, like, maybe a minute and a half total to just be a random monster. Oh, man. That's that's kind of sad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but that explains why he does look like so Ranger fucking now. weird and badass. Like this, yeah. This is the main villain of Die Ranger, and that's He's cool. And that's the the fight. Spoiler warning: We're gonna get in a second. Is is because you know uh, is basically like the final fight with him. Uh, so basically, it, it, it looks like a cut up Zord fight, though. It's weird. Like some of it isn't, but some of it is, and it's like. I don't know. I think that I think that's just how the footage is, honestly. Okay. So basically Zed starts freaking out. He's like, "No, they've got the toys. Now they're going to get out of the book. Fuck me. Goldar, go into the storybook and fight them." And Rita says, "No, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no we're not sending Goldar. Fuck that. I he's know what useless. we should do." <laughs> yeah, he's useless. 
let's pull Mondo out of the book instead. And the thing is, Zed and Rita don't really do anything to free him from the book. He just kind of breaks out on his own. Yeah. He, like, takes out a fucking sword did, did and she, like, slashes the page. Him? Did she text her buddy Mondo and was like, yo, you should bring her to the book right now. It'd be hella sick. And he's like, okay. <laughs> could, could he have just done this at any time? They cut this character, like, frame by frame out of the Sentai footage. And it's like... <laughs> and it's like... It's such a good effect. <laughs> it's not even, like... It's not even a close cut because there's like background bits hanging off him. It's, yeah, it's yeah, horrible. And, and they like show him like slashing the page through this storybook background, and he jumps through, and it's just all these fucking mixed media things that don't really blend well together. It's like something out of fucking Kablam. <laughs> <laughs> and and we we cut forward to the end of the storybook and Grumble has successfully delivered the toys to the orphans and there's all these random real ass children in this storybook background and, then- and Tommy, Kimberly, Rocky are just like, hey, isn't that great that they got the toys? We all learned a valuable lesson about giving because that's the moral of the storybook. Isn't that right, Grumble? Grumble's like, get the hell out of my storybook. <laughs> these kids are wearing like just normal mid-90s kids clothes even though this is like some little Dutch village where the kids are supposed to be walking around like wooden shoes and I don't know. Really? I, th- I thought it looked like they were wearing at least vaguely old timey looking stuff. Like they're all wearing brown. And- oh, you know, it's it's not that they're it's not that it's still modern clothes, but it's modern church clothes is what it is. God, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. probably a good way to phrase it. It's it's all very it's. But again, like it's all like brown and white. Like there's no not a lot got, of color like, to it. No so. one's got neon jackets on like they did in the nineties. Yeah. How do we how do we make these kids fucking look like they're in an old timey book? Let's just let's just go to like a, a thrift store and get any like semi no, dress clothes for kids. It was bring your get, kids to work day and bring them in their church clothes. <laughs> like <laughs> that's what happened. Fucking Haim Saban yep. is like, eh, hey, we can kill two birds with one stone. It'll be perfect. But that's <laughs> Saban. I don't even know what Haim Saban sounds like. It was a resounding success from day one when it went on the air. It uh, took eight years to get it on the air. Uh, but 1993, it went on the air, and it's been on the air since. I've never yeah. seen Haim Saban. Yeah. I've never seen Haim Saban either. Although, in fairness, his name, I don't I, think I would be able to replicate his voice anyway, since I'm fucking awful at replicating voices. So, eh. I don't know his voice. I've seen his picture, and he looks distressingly like my dad. Like, <laughs> distressingly. Oh, Your dad is a secret Haim Saban. <laughs> Are you about to have a fucking like? If I if, uh, if I find out my dad created Power Rangers, I am going to fucking die. Are you gonna have a fucking like the end of Usual Suspects moment where you're just like, my God, and you just you put the pieces together and it's <laughs> just fucking. All right, you know, let's 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 get off this tangent. Let's um continue with the story because Tommy, Kimberly, and Rocky's theory, I guess, is correct because they got to the end of the storybook and poof, they're back in the real world. Well, I guess we all learned something today. Yeah, the one thing that can really bring us joy and happiness. And make us good people, too. It's giving to what? Now you got the moral of the story, you can get out of my book. I mean, go home. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Grumble. Come on, kids, come on and gather round. I want to tell you the story about the elf who helped out the weird pyramid. Yay.
And at this point, you know, they're, they're celebrating, but then like Billy points out that there's a huge hole in the, one of the pages now. Oh no, Mondo's in the real world. Whoops. I guess he's a villain now. Yeah. Okay. He's a villain. So does Grumble now like blink out of existence now that his story's over? No, he repeats it over and over again in the hell that is his existence. So, so then uh, we'll we'll get to what happens later in the episode and the implications of that because, boy, howdy, that's something. Yeah, but, but for now we we get a Zord fight. We get uh, an actual proper Zord fight, and everyone morphs. It's morphin' time. And we get the we get the full Zord summoning sequence again, which I don't think we got. Uh, we haven't gotten lately. But we no. have the full call-out where the rangers say the long, convoluted name that includes both the new and old version of the Zord, and then we see the fucking <laughs> lightning morph effect, and it's all just fucking dumb and takes forever. Uh, again, this is like the first time I've watched season two Power Rangers in a very, very long time, and I forgot like how dopey the the Tyrannosaurus bot looks before it transforms. <laughs> With it's his, the stupidest <laughs> thing. With the arms so low and the head kind of just... It's sitting, standing straight up. It looks ridiculous. None of them really fit the footage, but he extra doesn't fit the footage. So, yeah, so... And then Tommy summons the, the White Tiger Zord, and basically, yeah, we get, we get a fight against Mondo, and Mondo does vague magic against the mega zord like he makes like these pink streaks appear and that makes the zord fall down yeah he's casting some kind of spell or whatever it's really weird also this guy's fucking face is they don't they didn't like put like silver face paint on him they made like a fake face Mm -hmm. for him but it's still just a regular ass human like, face. Again, Mono's like a badass. He's got a fucking like two handed sword, and he's like taking out these these robots. I mean, he also casts spells. Like most badass wizard ever. <laughs> I, I I really wish. Like I know why they didn't. I I know their reasoning behind it, but I really wish they just committed and like changed the more changed the Power Ranger suits and just committed to the Die Ranger footage because that'd be pretty we, sweet. We, we like okay okay. I love 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 Lord Zed. This guy as Rita's replacement would have been amazing. Yeah, I, I feel like if there's one takeaway from season two, it's that we all just want to see Die Ranger. We want to know what the fuck was going on with that. <laughs> because, like, surprisingly little of it comes through, considering the whole, like, premise of Power Rangers, like, as a production. Mm-hmm. And it, but, like, what, what does seep through is fucking cool, like, almost without exception. But in any case, like, so the Megazord gets knocked down by a spell. Let's rush him. Yeah, right. Hey, what's going on? I'm losing control. Get up so I can finish you off face to face. But then the Tigerzord. It's over, Trickster. Punches the wizard, and then the spell breaks, and then. Thunder Saber, power up! Now uh, oh, you have sealed your fate! Thunder Saber, battle ready! Yeah! 
Thunder Megazord does its finishing move, and that's basically that. Woo! Yeah, no more Mondo. Well, well, not necessarily, because this is a mass-published book. There are thousands of Mondos out there. <laughs> not so sure oh. anymore. Yeah, but are all of them... Uh, so Okay, so here's the, here's the question. It was like last time we were talking about how books are gateways rather than being its own world. Were the characters in the book alive before Rita got up to her shenanigans and put the Power Rangers in the book? Well, assuming she knew Mondo beforehand, yeah. at least Mondo was. That's, that is deeply unsettling. So on a question a, on a number of levels. If they set the book on fire, does that mean all those people literally burned to death? Those I, specific I characters, so. yeah. Those specific characters again, it, it it's it calls into question like, is it this specific copy of the book or is it all the books? Do all the books have that page ripped out of it now? Do all the books yeah. have video files playing on the pages of of <laughs> of Grumble being like Hey, kids! Yeah. I mean, maybe and, and, each book kinda, is an instance, but I don't know. I kind of like the idea yeah. of the mean gateways. And and kind of kind of to Matt's point, like, books are fragile things. What happens if the book gets wet? You know? <laughs> like, let's, let's not even jump straight to fire. Like, what if it gets wet? What if it gets bent? Coffee gets spilled on it. What if it gets, yeah, coffee? What if it gets dirty? This is a children's book, okay? Children, like, read it and, in their bed and all that stuff and fall asleep and all that stuff. A lot of children are bedwetters. So. Oh, no. Uh, if you don't you get that close, they'll, they'll drool on it. They'll, <laughs> they'll rip the pages. Like, yeah, what happens if a page tears? Like, what happens then? It's a grumble. I'm covered in piss. (laughs) 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 This is horrible. Mondo the wizard is covered in urine. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, the abominable snowman is yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And what if, like, Grumble finds out he likes it? No! Uh, uh, Why did I do this? I think of such terrible things. (laughs) So anyway, speaking of things that are soaked in urine, we get back to the book fair, and Tommy and Kimberly and Rocky are like, boy, I'm sure glad that's over, but it was was really exciting to be in the storybook, and we're doing the Power Rangers end of episode banter, and then... Everything's perfect. Everybody wins all the time. Library saved. They're they're cleaning up the the, the book fair, and they're loading up these books in this box, and they're doing a shitty job stacking these books in this box. They're all yeah. In- they're not even or anything. Yeah. But Miss Appleby comes up and is like, "Hey, so the book fair was a big success. We made a lot of money for the library. It's so great." And then Bulk and Skull come in. And they're like, hey, so we, we want to re-donate this monster book and this cookbook. We're I, done I don't know why they gave it the both. cookbook. Like, the cookbook's yeah. fine. The, the cookbook, it must be a gift. The cookbook didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Don't, don't. Cookbook did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, Kimberly's like, hey, so guys, would you rather have uh, this book instead? And they hand them uh you know, grumble the magic elf, which and which apparently like, <laughs> they were redonating too. Like they pull it out of the box where they're where the books that didn't sell went. So apparently they're redonating this book to yeah, the library. What's about to happen, and the fact that the rangers seem to know it was going to happen yeah. is kind of fucked. But so 
basically bulk and skull like they they, they kind of laugh it off it's like it's like it's a book for little kids why would we want to read this and they open it up and then there's just an aerial shot of of grumble turn into the camera like hey boys <laughs> and then we get the the bulk and skull freak out and run into each other and slapstick run away uh let's just say that our monster making days are uh fini. yeah pray fini. <laughs> why don't you guys uh try this one Grumble the Magic Elf! Ah, isn't that nice? <laughs> Holla, boy! Yeah, yeah, thanks anyway. Guess they weren't into reading. And, like, that's funny and all that, and the Rangers laugh at Bulk and Skull's misfortune, as they are wont to do, and that's kind of the end of the episode. <laughs> we shared an Eldritch Horror with them. Yeah, but here's the thing: we never like this happened immediately after Bulk and Skull gave their books to Miss Appleby. She's presumably still in the room. She's not on camera anymore, but like, unless she just immediately bolted out of the room, like they she should have seen this happen. Maybe maybe Mrs. Appleby isn't surprised because 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 in the fir- in the first episode. Mrs. Appleby says, "Oh, this is a book from my childhood," like she does with Kimberly. I wonder if it's like. The old guy from the never-ending story situation where Miss Appleby knows exactly what's up with that book. She's had her childhood in the book Grumble Adventure and is like... Oh, fuck. Passes on to the next generation of children. And Oh, fuck. Is Miss Apple- did, did a young Miss Appleby tangle with Mondo? I kind of want to see that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know... This is kind of the, that's that's the stuff we get up to here on Teenagers with Attitude. I mean, is we write is, elaborate like, fan fiction about the teacher at a young age going on an adventure in a storybook. That's that's where we're at. Oh god, I feel like that would be like uh, she would have a certain awakening after encountering Mondo, the magician. He's a very special man. You see, I prefer Jeez. the term leather daddy, but yeah, whatever you say works too, I guess. I mean, God, he really does look like that, though. Considering how, considering how Miss Appleby is now, like, I'm imagining, like, she, like, she had her encounter with Mondo the Magician, and, like, like, when she was, like, in her teenage years, she was, like, really into BDSM leather stuff, and, like, ha- like, then turned to, like, then had an adventure in the Bible and became became the the do gooder the do goody Miss Appleby so we know now. Fucking Miss Appleby is a born again Christian. Is that what you're applying? I, I'm, saying, I'm saying I'm saying I, that's on, that's what you got to do to get away from the influence of Mondo the Magician. Like I, I, I I'm under I, the influence on. of Mondo the Magician right now. So yeah. Hold on, my takeaway from what Greg just posited isn't Miss Appleby's a born-again Christian. My takeaway was Miss Appleby's going on adventures in multiple books, including the fucking Bible. What? She's, she's like Gumby. She's she just, 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 <laughs> just slide into any book she wants. Once you've been in one, once you've gone into a book, you you gain uh, page master powers, and you can just slide into whichever book you want. So you're saying that like. Tommy, Rocky, and Kimberly are all page masters now, too? Yeah, they they don't realize it, but they've got other things on their mind. But if they, yeah, they wanted, <laughs> they, if they wanted to take, a, you know, 
they wanted to go watch the Hunger Games, they could go slide into the audience and you know, watch the Hunger Games. Oh, jeez. Okay, so is uh, final thoughts on the episode, anybody? Do you feel like we've got that out of our system? Yeah, no, uh, it, was, it was, it was, I mean, like, the, the JPEG hiding behind the tree alone made it the best episode I've ever seen. <laughs> like, I just, I literally was, like, screaming at how amazing it was when it happened the first time. <laughs> All right. Matt? I've got that it was an episode of Power Rangers. They fought monsters. Things happened. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. And Greg? Uh, I. It's weird. This is probably the most effort they've put into an episode in a long time. First off, it's a two-parter. Second off, uh, they pulled... They modified all these monster costumes. Like... Like that's that's cheaper than making original monsters, but they still like had to repaint Tiggle Sneezer. They still had to redo uh, the gorilla one. I forget the name of. Um, they still had to modify the chunky chicken. That that still took time and money and effort. The first episode of this has no Sentai footage at all. It's completely void of it. Um. So they put a. Yeah. Probably way more effort into this story than any than anything I've seen in season one. Anything I remember from season two. And if this is the best they can, like this is their passion project. This is like I was telling earlier. This is Cheryl Saban, who is a children's book writer writing about children's book. So she, you expect like I, some, I, you expect like some commentary on children's books coming from her. So this is like this is like some this is a passion project and this is the best I, they can do. I feel like that might be reading too much into it. I don't think Power Rangers was a passion product for anyone. I, like not until the later seasons when some of the like fans who grew up with the show got to start taking Well, the yeah, reins. yeah, no, no. This when I say passion project, I mean again, this is just this is probably the most effort they've ever put into an episode up to this point. I I have to think that because they they, there, they created there have been the, some really elaborate things in season two. I will say that they've created this so. storybook set. You know, they modified the monster costumes and they created this story that has so little Sentai footage. And it's like, okay, this this is the as a creative team, this is the best they can do on their own. And that's oh kind of that's yeah. kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, so, folks, if you're ready. Uh, we're not doing questions this week. I'm bringing back a game. We're going to do... A game uh, that we've borrowed from the uh, now-finished Flip the Table podcast, Rip and Pastoroni. We're doing the IMDB game again. So. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. Yay. Uh, yay. Yeah. I get to play one of yeah. Michael's try, games. Try not to sound too enthused, y'all. <laughs> no, I am excited. I honestly am. Okay. I I, 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 hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. speakers it's fine <laughs> <laughs> nice. all right so 
basically, for those of you who weren't here the first time or don't remember how the IMDb game works, uh, each of you are going to take turns being in the hot seat. I'm excited. And then, yeah. And the person in the hot seat is going to pick a category from a list that I'm going to be showing you all in just a second. And based on the category you picked, I'm going to give you the I am I'm going to give you a movie or a TV show or a straight to video special or something, just something from IMDb. And I might give you the title, the year, the plot synopsis, three key plot keywords, the number of people who rated it, and then your job is going to be to guess the IMDb user rating of the movie, show, what have you. Uh, every user rating is going to be a decimal to the tenths place between 1 and 10. Like, say, 3.7, 7.2, 5.5, something along those lines. So, so you're guessing between 1 and 100. Kind of, yeah. Uh, and But the thing is, with you, if you're the person in the hot seat, you make the guess, and then everyone else is going to guess whether or not they think the actual rating is higher or lower than your guess. If you're right, you get the point. If you're wrong, the person in the hot seat gets the point. So if you're in the hot seat, it's it's a good idea to get as close as you can so you can make it guessing harder for the other players. And if you get it exactly right, not only will you automatically bank the points from the other players being wrong, you'll get a five-point bonus. Sound good? Yeah. I, I can just All I right. can just hear the the music Eric's gonna edit into this part in my head right now. And oh, yeah. oh yeah! Oh <laughs> yeah! Me, 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 me too. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, no, he's, gonna, he's probably gonna do some game show thing. I don't know. Maybe he'll throw me a curveball. Maybe he'll do uh, that then, now that Eric's made a joke about it. <laughs> <laughs> in any case, y'all, this here is the list of categories. So. The first time I did this uh, this game, it was stuff that Power Rangers actors have appeared in that wasn't Power Rangers. But this one, I want to tie it to the theme of the episode. So each of these things is somehow tied with some classic story or fairy tale. Okay. So I have for you a list of classic stories and fairy tales. Uh, for the listener, it's Treasure Island, Thumbelina, Little Red Riding Hood, Peter Pan, Snow White, Cinderella, The Wizard of Oz, The Little Mermaid, and Pinocchio. And all I can tell you is that you're going to pick one of these, and the thing I'm going to give you is going to have something to do with it, but it might be a little weird because it's a comedy thing. Wacky! Wow. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Greg, all right. as the guest, I'm going to give you the choice to go first or last. Uh, I'll go first. Okie dokie. Greg? Pick a category from the list. I'm going to pick The Wizard of Oz. All right. Greg, your first movie is Return to Oz from 1985. Ah, classic. Yeah. Description. Dorothy, saved from a psychiatric experiment by a mysterious girl, is somehow called back to Oz when a vain witch and the Gnome King destroy everything that makes the magical land beautiful. Plot keywords include delusional depression, oh, acute insomnia, and electroconvulsive therapy. I, so I, a, I, know, I, I know the film. <laughs> Sounds and like a good yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> a wholesome movie for children. Uh, uh, 20,623 people rated this movie. Yep. Shit. 
give me the IMDb rating for Return to Oz, Greg. Okay, so this is a as if I'm recalling correctly, this is a movie like old people hate because it's so dark compared to the like the original Wizard of Oz film. But like the people, oh, it's fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, but the people who grew up with it like consider it like a dark classic, and I'm kind of included in that. I kind of love that movie. It's as weird and disturbing as it is. So I'm gonna say it averages out. I'm gonna say seven point three. Okay, seven point three. Emily, do you think the actual user rating is higher or lower than seven point three? Lower. Okay, and Matt. Uh, lower as well. And the actual rating is six point seven. Yes. Oh. So Emily and Matt get some points on the board. We're too far off. Yeah. No, actually, you were reasonably you were, close. I thought I thought you were pretty more close. Like a five. So yeah. Yeah. So Emily, your turn to pick something off the list. <laughs> well, initially I was looking at Little Red Riding Hood, but you know what? I think I'm going to go for um, the one that you would be most interested in, Thumbelina. Oh, jeez, fucking calling me out, huh? Yep. <laughs> okay, well, you're gonna regret that, hun. I don't think I will. Your movie is... Barbie Presents Thumbelina from 2009. That sounds awesome. I am excited for this. <laughs> it, it puts two kinks together. Because it's about a doll, and it's about small people. So there you go. <laughs> I'm learning jeez. so much about you guys today. <laughs> listen, you got to listen to our podcast. You'll learn a lot about us. <laughs> okay. The plot description. Barbie tells a new story, Thumbelina. A story about a fairy who befriend a human girl. And that's that's the actual text befriend on the webpage. Befriend a human girl. <laughs> befriend a human girl. And both cooperate their strength in an attempt to save the fairies' trees. There's Great. no There's no apostrophe on fairies' trees. It's just fairies' trees. Plot keywords include Barbie and character name in the title. There are only the two, so I can't give you a third one. 885 people rated this. 800? Isn't yeah. a lot of people. So I feel I will like say, people who came I, to rate I, this were people who I knew like... about this thing because I was babysitting my niece and she watched it. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the actual fairy tale whatsoever be- beyond the name. Is there it's like about a like environmentalism in or something. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, it, does, does, is there like a small tiny girl in it at least? Yeah, well the thing is she, like they're fairies. Like Thumbelita is a fairy in this story. Okay, so she's not like just a small actual girl. Yeah, it's, it has nothing to do with the actual fairy tale whatsoever. That's really, that sucks. <laughs> That's disappointing. Um, fairies are cool and everything, but yeah. Um, it's 800 people and it's, it makes me sound like, it makes it sound like people who came to review this are probably, like, parents or something that, like, actually came to review it and not, it didn't just get trolled, I don't think. Um, but still, like, I'm gonna go for middle of the road and say like five, five. Let's say five point five. Okay, Greg, do you think it's higher or lower? I'm gonna say higher, not much higher, but higher. All right, and Matt. Uh, I'm gonna go contrarian, and I'm gonna say lower. Okay, the actual rating is five point seven. I was so close. You were you were close. You were real close. 
All right. So, Matt. Yes. It's your turn, buddy. All righty. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Little Mermaid. All right. Little Mermaid, clear that off the list. Your movie is... The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning, from 2008. The description... 2008. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> the description... The kingdom of Atlantica, where music is forbidden. And again, I'm I'm taking this text verboten off the IMDb page. Where music is forbidden. I'm taking this text verboten... Kingdom of Atlantica, where music is forbidden, the youngest daughter of King Triton, named Ariel, discovers her love to an underground music club, and sets off a daring adventure to bring restoration of music back to Atlantica. Plot keywords include slow motion, Jamaican, and death of a queen. Oh, whoa, what? Oh, wow, okay. That got dark real quick. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna save us some time since I have no idea where the fuck this one is going. I'm just gonna say 5.0. Okay, well, I was also gonna say 6,085 people rated this. Wow. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna help me. <laughs> this sounds... I, I, I've never heard of this. This sounds like one of those, like, like Italian cheapo things to take advantage of. I will tell you, it is an official Disney thing. Yeah, It's it's, an official Disney thing? It is an official Disney thing. It is the third... Okay, so there was was actually Little Mermaid, and then there was... Oh, God. There was a direct-to-video sequel, and then this is a direct-to-video prequel that was released after that. Jesus. Uh, well, I because y'all, y'all needed y'all needed the Little Mermaid's origin story, y'all. We needed the Batman Begins of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, apparently, like because the music seems like a big deal in Atlantica in the movie, but apparently it was like some dystopian wasteland with no music before that. <laughs> it's so it's cool. a big deal in, the, in Atlantica and fucking Kingdom Hearts too. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like the whole mechanic of Kingdom Hearts too in Atlantica is just music. So okay, well, it's the worst. Well, I know people. Like I, I haven't actually watched a single one of them, but I know people trash on the uh, those those official Disney sequels. So I'm gonna say lower. I'm gonna go lower too, and they trash All on right. them for good reason. <laughs> the actual rating is six point four. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> So Matt so rockets into the lead. Yeah. He's got three, M's got two, and Greg's got one. Greg, we are back around to you. Pick a name from the list. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to say Treasure Island and hope that it's Muppet Treasure Island. It's not going to be Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> it is not Muppet Treasure Island. Okay. It is... The Adventures of Ronald McDonald. Colin. <laughs> the Adventures of Ronald McDonald, colon, McTreasure Island from 1990. That's so good. I'm so happy. <laughs> just a bit of a spoiler. I had this on tape as a kid. So <laughs> That's a spoiler, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Description. It's Yo Ho Ho and the Bottle of Fun. Fuck off. When Ro- <laughs> 
<laughs> when, when Ronald and his McDonald Land pals pop into a magic treasure island storybook oh, and wow. set it's sail. Just, it's just this episode, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> and set sail on a search for buried treasure. Like, is this whole thing, like, the the magic books were brought in by, like, what I think is just an obscure McDonald Land character named, like, the Captain or something? Like, he's just a sea captain. And he brings in the books, and then, like, Hamburglar falls into the book, and they go in to save him. It's fucking weird. Tell me, tell awesome. me they find, like, Hamburglar finds, like, a, a treasure chest full of hamburgers. I, d- I don't think that happens. <sighs> Hamburger can't get a break. Nah, he really can't. Uh, anyway, plot keywords include child in peril. Oh, God. <laughs> character repeating someone else's dialogue. <laughs> And cartoon bird. Skulls in this? Only <laughs> only 27 people rated this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't imagine it's high. Um, I'm going to say just, just three. Just a flat three. Okay. Emily, higher H- or higher. lower? I think only 20... How many people was it? 27. Yeah, I think everyone who voted this is like someone who's like, Oh, fucking watch this again. I loved it. I'm gonna go higher. <laughs> Matt? <laughs> um. Fuck it, I'm going higher. Actual rating? 6.6. Oh! Yes! Whoa! Yes, I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> God. Emily? Yes? Pick a name from the list. Well, now I'm gonna go for Little Red Riding Hood. Because that's the best. Alright. Little Red Riding Hood. Your movie is. Hoodwinked! Exclamation oh, point. From I, 2005. I know this. Description. Little Red Riding Hood, The Wolf, The Woodsman, oh, and no. Granny... Oh, Yeah, I know what this is. God. All, <laughs> all tell the police that the events that led up to their encounter. Plot keywords include contradictory accounts, bound and gagged... Oh, mm. ...and extreme sports... Okay. <laughs> 48,792 people rated this oh movie. Oh my god. I'm gonna say it's like 4.5. Okay. Greg, do you think it's higher or lower? I think, like, after the Ronald McDonald thing, I, I expect this to be like an 8.6, so higher. I expect this to be. Okay. On, I expect this to be on the IMDb <laughs> top 250 after that Ronald McDonald shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go lower. Actual rating: 6.5. Damn it! Jesus Ooh. Christ! It's actually apparently worse than the McDonald Treasure Island one. According to IMDb, but still okay, I guess. Yeah, it's not a bad premise. Have you guys? <laughs> do you guys ever read a the like the true story of the Three Little Pigs? Yeah, yeah. that was a yeah, that was a that. great book. It's like I found the little pig's body, so I ate him. Like he was already dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were, they were there. They were just around. His house his Matt. house collapsed on itself because he made it out of sticks. What's up? <laughs> the name from the list, my good man. Uh, let's go with Pinocchio. All right, Pinocchio. No strings to hold me down. You get... Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night from 1987. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Another video I had as a kid, just FYI. What the hell? <laughs> That's the thing, most of these I knew in advance. I didn't have to do much research here. Do you here. still have these videos, Mike? <laughs> no, unfortunately. Oh, I want you to bring them when you visit. <laughs> Pinocchio um, meets a dark stranger. Like, this guy is basically Satan, yeah. Uh, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Description. Pinocchio and his friends, a glowworm and a marionette, uh, I search, for a, search for a magic music box. However, so is the evil Scalawag and the Emperor of the Night. Scalawag is capitalized. It's a proper noun, by the way. <laughs> Plot keywords include foreign language adaptation, independent film, and character name and title. Oh, Jesus. 417 people rated this movie. Alright. I'm gonna go 5.3. Okay, 5.3. Greg, do you think it's higher or lower? God, I have, I have no idea anymore. Like, I, I, <laughs> I genuinely don't know what this is. So, 5.3. I'm gonna say higher, but it's probably gonna be like 5.6. Alright. Emily. I'm gonna say higher as well. I feel like this is like a cult classic to some kids, and they're like, oh shit, I remember this, and they're gonna go and rate it high. Okay. Well, the IMDb user rating of Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night is 6.8. Wow. Yeah. So that was higher, right? Yeah, I, that was, yeah, I think that's said. the highest thing so far. Yeah. Awesome. I told you, people are going to be like, people watch this as a kid and be like, oh man, that weird, dark Pinocchio cartoon. Like, that was cool. And There's a weird recurring theme in the things I've found that are like, this is like the sequel to the f- to the fucking fairy tale or the classic novel. Like, what if such and such had another adventure? And it's just, I don't know why there are so many of these. I really don't. What's it called again? Because uh, I want to look it up now. Because I was I wasn't oh. going to look it up. I was going to look it up, but I'm like, wait, I, I might see the rating, so I'm not going to do that. But like, okay, I want to know. Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night. Okay, cool. I just put end the and it finished it for me. So <laughs> nice. All right, Greg, your last pick. Uh, Grumble the Magic Elf. No, um, I'm going to go Cinderella. Okay, this might be my favorite on the list. Oh, good. Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time, from 2007. Oh god, I know this one. (laughs) Description. When Lady Tremaine steals the fairy godmother's wand and changes history, it's up to Cinderella to restore the timeline and reclaim her prince. (laughs) (laughs) Plot keywords include time travel, food fight, and scene after the end credits. What? Because apparently there's just some fucking Avenger shit going on say, with Cinderella. Like, Cinderella comes home to her palace and, and Nick Fury's just hanging out in there saying, like, I'm like, making a team. <laughs> I came here to tell you about the Princess Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 6,612 people rated this film. 6,000. So I'm taking this as another official Disney sequel? Yes. Yep. Uh poorly animated straight to DVD Disney yeah. sequel. I feel like this is like secret. If you've ever, I feel if like you've this, ever seen that like I feel like this one's secretly amazing. Like this like this is the secret good one of these. Um I will tell you there is an absolutely hilarious uh, animated gif uh, that has made the rounds 
from this movie that is the prince jumping out of a window. <laughs> I've seen that. Um, I'm gonna guess surprisingly high, so I'm gonna say 6.2. Alright. Emily, higher or lower than 6.2? Lower. It's higher. I think it might be higher, but I'm gonna say lower. Matt? I'm gonna go higher. The actual rating is 6.0. Yes! Oh, yeah. You were real mm-hmm. close. Oh, that hurts. Emily. That stings. <laughs> you got two options left, hon. Okay, I'm not going to pick Peter Pan because that one is its not, not my favorite. So Snow White. All right. You get Happily Ever After from 1990. Description. The evil queen is dead, and Snow White is on her way to see the seven dwarves when Lord Malice, the queen's brother, sees her in the looking glass. Oh, snap. He attacks attacks her in the form of a dragon, taking Snow White's prince to the realm of doom. Okay. Enlisting the aid of the dwarves' cousins, the Dwarfels, (laughs) Snow White must embark on a quest to save her true love. It sounds kind of awesome. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like someone turned Snow White into a D&D campaign. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Uh, plot it's, it's keywords include... one human include... and a bunch of dwarf PCs, and they're going to go on an yeah. adventure. Plot keywords include subjective camera, <laughs> cigar smoking, and bolas. 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 What's a bola? Like those, like those strings camera. with the balls in the end? Yeah. Smoking and bolas. Subje- okay. I yep. love subjective okay. camera, like 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 tag work for mise en scene, like <laughs> so, tag word, ta- tag word, auteur theory. <laughs> <laughs> so one thousand eight hundred seventy-four people rated this. I'm gonna say. What do you think it is, hon? Six point five. All right, Greg, higher or lower? God, I got no, I got nothing. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna say higher. I'm gonna go lower. I lose either way. You get a point. All right. The actual <laughs> rating, five point one. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. So that's apparently it's it's the worst thing we've talked about so far. Sounds like the best thing we've talked about so far. <laughs> it actually does. <laughs> All right, Matt, you have no choice because there's only yeah. one option left. You get yeah. Peter Pan. So yours is Peter Pan Two: Return to Neverland from 2002. The description is in London during World War Two. This is the story of Wendy's daughter, Jane, who is kidnapped by Captain Hook, and Peter Pan must come to the rescue. Plot keywords include mud bath, lifting a female into the air, and swastika. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh my god, I want Peter Pan to fight Hitler. I've never wanted anything more in my life than Peter Pan fighting Hitler. I don't know. I don't know about Peter right. Pan. He might be on the other side. That's okay. all I'm saying. 14,618 people rated this movie. Oh, I remember this. Lord. This was actually in theaters. 
I didn't. Was it? Yeah, I didn't see it, but this was like the one Disney sequel that actually ended up in theaters. Fuck me. Okay. Cool. Um, I'm gonna go six point All right, Greg, higher or lower? Higher. Lower. The actual rating is five point eight. Whoa! Damn. Yeah. Almost got it. So right now the scores are: Greg has four, Matt has six, and Emily has eight. But none of that matters because this is a game show, so the final round is worth ten thousand points. Oh shit! <laughs> Can I just say real quick that there was a happily yep. ever after SNES game? Yeah. How's yeah. it look? I mean, I can only see the the, the box, so I'm not like sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they made a ha- okay. happily never after two. Oh, it's a different series. Okay, just looking at stuff. It doesn't yeah, look like ha- a very happily good never after is like a whole whole other yeah. thing. Let me, let me look, look at the so, game. Anyways, uh, yeah, what's our what's our next round? All right, so for this last round, it is, again, worth 10,000 points. And if you nail it exactly, you'll still get that five-point bonus, because that matters so much. Uh, And basically, what I'm going to have each of you do is send me your answer in secret. You are all going to guess at the same time. Whoever comes the closest gets the points. Okay, so like it's on on Skype. Yeah. Yeah, just send me a DM on Skype. The final movie is... And I don't know what else it could be... The Page Master from 1994. Ah, yes. Classic. Yeah. I love this movie. Plot description. A cowardly boy who buries himself in accident statistics enters a library to escape a storm, only to be transformed into an animated illustration by the Page Master. He has to work through obstacles from classic books to return to real life. Here's my favorite part. The plot keywords include slipping on a wet floor, Hitting one's head and presumed dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, outstanding! It's a good little story by itself. <laughs> it's like Hemingway's Seven- shortest story, like a <laughs> little bit. Surprise! Surprise! Of war isn't a keyword. Oh, jeez! It literally happens in the movie. Is it? I'm just I, saying. Uh, somebody watched that scene and got awoken by it. Ah. <sighs> uh. In any case. <laughs> 17,366 people rated this movie. Hit me up with your guesses, everybody. What is you, What do you think the IMDb user rating for the Page Master is? I already sent mine in because I'm super fast. I sent okay. mine in too already. I actually watched so, this movie relatively recently. Let's get movie. your answers, everybody. Greg? Oh, I... Why'd they send them to you? 6.4. Yep. Oh, so so it's in secret. So, you yeah. know, so no one's like... Because we've had stuff in the past where someone would, like, like base their guess off of somebody else's guess. Oh. It's, it's, yeah, so you said... Uh, 6.4. Okay. M? 7.1. And Matt? Sound sound I actually digital. also said 6.4. Go figure. Matt this, Matt, this is the second time in a row where where I've I've made it so that the last round is worth like a million bajillion points so nothing else should matter and then you give the same guess as someone else so suddenly the score still matters again <laughs> yeah so if, if if i'm right and he's right he wins <laughs> he wins yeah i'm sorry greg you're out uh the, eric would you play the fucking i don't know uh 
Price is Right, Sad Trombone. Thanks. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so this is this is basically between Emily and Matt now. The actual IMDb user rating for the fucking page master. And what's weird is, I think this is the first time I've done one of these games and the winner wasn't a guest. We'll be at the worst <laughs> chances for that so far. Congrats, <laughs> In Matt. fairness, name, Emily actually wins this because, let's be real, this game show is bullshit. How do I win? Oh, yeah, they're all like bullshit. Two so points I, I, at most. Oh, I had more points than you before this round? That's yeah. fine, don't worry Yeah, absolutely. I should be like one point behind you. Yeah, but every mm-hmm. game show's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, mean, well, I mean, game some game shows you actually win prizes, so at least there's that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's we true. ain't getting nothing that's from this. That's true. Actually, Matt, you do win a prize. What do I win? You win a chance to go first to plug your stuff for the end of the episode. Go oh, ahead. Boy. Okay. And I'm done. Next person. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. You never <laughs> even want to plug going pear-shaped. It's like the one thing you do. <laughs> yeah. I, I do things that are not going pear-shaped. Like that, you can share uh, in public. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> All right, Emily. Um, you can catch me on Warren Beast on AudioEntropy.com, and I also just launched my uh, new podcast, In Pursuit of Passion, uh, Passions, which is um a podcast where I interview people about what they're passionate about because I love hearing about people's passions. And so far, I've got episode zero and episode one up on the site. Uh, zero was already on the garbage dump, but I put it on the feed for Pursuit of Passions too, just for new listeners. And I, yeah, I hope you Alrighty. like it. And also, I'm on Home for Infinite Losers with Michael and Luke. Cool beans. Uh, Greg. Uh, yeah, my YouTube channel is uh, Pop Arena. By the time this goes up, uh, my review of the Goosebumps book, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. I believe that's, yeah, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. That should be up. Uh, so look forward to that. You can catch me on Twitter at pop underscore arena. And uh, if you really want to get a hold of me, I would suggest walking out your front door and yelling, Greg, really loud. Oh, shit. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll so, try hey, that. Greg, quick, quick, quick question. Um, you spent a long time reviewing books at this point. Yes. Have you have you ever wound up trapped inside one of them? Well, yeah, but that's you know, that's between me and Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, if you want to hear me, you can hear me right here on Teenagers with Attitude. Uh, I mean, I don't know why I plug that, but also you can hear me on Going Pear Shaped with Matt. He hates plugging it, so I'll do it. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at Mike Loves Rabbit if you want to just see a bunch of bullshit. And uh, if you want to get a hold of Teenagers with Attitude, you can send us an email, teenswithtude at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter, at teenswithtude. You can hit us up on the Facebook group, Teenagers with Attitude. That's a fun time. And also, if you go to at Audio Entropy, you can find a link to the Discord channel for the podcast network. Just uh, come hang out with us. It's a fun time. And uh, I think that's going to do it for us. I forgot to type in a sign-off order, so fuck it, let's wing it. For Teenagers with Attitude... I'm Greg! 
I've fuck. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. For teachers of attitude, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. I've been Emily. I've been Greg. And they lived happily ever after. The end. Aww. Why did Greg get to sign out twice? Because why does he get to sign out twice? (laughs) (laughs) There it is. I should have gone with like what's what. What happens in Oz stays in Oz. I've been better. Hey everyone, it's Eric. If you're followers of our Facebook page or the Twitter account for Power Rangers, you've probably heard the announcement that the Twitch channel, HyperRPG, is going to be home to an official Power Rangers role-playing game. Details are still limited, but on October 20th at TwitchCon, HyperRPG will be doing an official announcement at 3.30pm Pacific Time. I am particularly excited as I've been a member of the HyperRPG community since the channel launched last year. While we all wait for the Power Rangers show, though, head over to their YouTube page and browse through their shows to see if anything catches your eye. I recommend checking out their Valiant Comics RPG Vanquished, or Pencils and Parsecs, a Star Wars RPG using Fantasy Flight's Edge of the Empire system. I'm, uh... Trying to come up with a clever way to end this, but nothing's really coming to mind. So, uh, it's a little awkward. I'll, I'll come up with something later. If not, I'll just fade into the background. I'd rather do that than try to put in a...